Today's podcast of In Conversation with God on the Relevant Radio app is brought to you by ScepterPublishers.org. Scepter Publishers brings you the finest in Catholic spiritual reading. For more information, go to ScepterPublishers.org. Today's reading from In Conversation with God is for Thursday of the first week of Advent. The topic is, I Come to Carry Out the Will of the Father. Part 1. Identifying our will with that of God, how God shows us His will, the will of God and holiness. A person's life can be built on many different kinds of foundations, on rock, on clay, on smoke, on air. Only the Christian has a firm foundation which securely supports him. The Lord is the everlasting rock. In the Gospel of the Mass, he tells us about two houses. In one of them, perhaps the builder wanted to economize on material for the foundations, or perhaps he was in a hurry to finish it. He did not take as much care as he should have. Our Lord calls such a builder a fool. The two houses were completed and looked identical, but they had very different foundations. One of them was firmly bedded on rock, but not the other. Time passed, and there arose problems that would put the solidity of their construction to the test. One day, a storm arose. The rain poured down, flood water began to rise, and hurricane winds hurled themselves against those buildings men had erected. The time had come for proving their stability. One house remained firm and unshaken. The other collapsed with a roar in total ruin. Our life can be built safely only on Christ himself, our sole hope, our sure foundation. And this means, first of all, that we strive to identify our will with his. Ours is not a more or less superficial adherence to a faint and barely distinguishable historical figure called Jesus Christ, but an adherence to his manifest will and to his clearly discernible and knowable person. It is not those who say to me, Lord, Lord, who will enter the kingdom, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. We read this also in the gospel of today's Mass. God's will is the compass needle, which at every moment accurately points the way that takes us to Him. At the same time, this course is the path to our own happiness. The fulfillment of the divine will also gives us tremendous fortitude to overcome obstacles. What a joy to be able to say at the end of our days, I have always tried to seek and to follow God's will in everything. The successes we have had will not gladden us half so much, nor will the failures and the sufferings we have undergone matter in the slightest. What will matter to us, and matter a lot, is whether we have loved God's will in preference to our own and made its implementation active in our lives, whether the divine will showed itself as it does at times, in a more general way or on other occasions in a more immediate and very specific form. 
always perceptible, it will be seen clearly enough if we do not become blind to that light of the soul we call conscience. The loving fulfillment of God's will is, at the same time, the summit of all holiness. The Second Vatican Council tells us, All Christ's faithful then will grow daily more holy in the conditions their life imposes, its duties, and its circumstances. These things will be the means of their advance in holiness if they combine their faith with an acceptance of everything that comes from the hand of their Heavenly Father, and if they are cooperative with the divine will. It is here that we demonstrate our love for God as well as the closeness of our union with Him. And God will make clear what His will is by means of the commandments, the indications, the counsels, and precepts of our Holy Mother, the Church, and the duties that are involved in one's own vocation and state in life. The recognition and love of the divine will in these duties will give us the strength to carry them out as perfectly as possible. And in them, we will find the opportunity to practice the human and supernatural virtues. God's will is intimately bound up with meeting each day with a loving smile, with the fulfillment of our duties no matter how difficult they are, and with the help, both supernatural and human, that we give to those at our side. Part 2 other ways in which God's will is manifested in our lives. Obedience. Imitating Jesus in his ardent desire to carry out his Father's will. Humility. God's will is made clear to us in a specific way through those persons to whom we owe obedience and allegiance, and through the advice we receive in spiritual direction. Obedience is not based on the qualities such as personality, intelligence, experience, or age of the person who commands. Jesus, being God, was infinitely superior to Mary and Joseph, yet he was subject to them. But there is more. Christ has introduced the kingdom of heaven on earth. He has revealed its mystery to us and brought about our redemption by his obedience. Those who think that obedience is a servile subjection unworthy of man, proper only to the very young or to those in some way lacking in maturity, have to take into account that Christ Jesus becomes obedient unto death even death on a cross. Christ obeyed out of love by carrying out the will of his Father. This is the meaning of Christian obedience, that which is owed to God and to his commandments, that which is owed to the church and to our parents, and that which in one way or another rules our conduct in our professional and social activities, each one in its proper place. To obey as Jesus obeyed, it is necessary to have an ardent desire to fulfill the will of God in our lives and to be humble. That is, to recognize our relationship and where we stand in it. A soul dominated by pride leaves no space for the spirit of obedience. 
Only one possessed of the virtue of humility can joyfully accept criteria other than his own, especially those coming from God, to which we must conform our actions and our attitudes. The person who is not humble will openly refuse to obey some commands, while appearing to accept others, though without really in the latter instance making room for them in his heart. For he will submit them to critical debate and impose restrictions accordingly. He will thus lose sight altogether of the supernatural meaning of obedience. St. Jose Maria Escrivá tells us, let us be forewarned then, for we will always tend to be self-centered, and this temptation can occur in many ways. God wants us to show our faith when we obey, for He does not express His will with drums and trumpets. Sometimes He suggests His wishes in a whisper, deep in our conscience, and we must listen carefully to recognize His voice and be faithful. He often speaks to us through other people, but when we see their defects or doubt whether they are well informed, whether they have grasped all the aspects of the problem, we feel inclined to disobey. Nevertheless, our desire to fulfill the will of God will overcome this and other obstacles that oppose themselves to our obedience. Humility gives us peace and joy in carrying out a command in all its details. Humility leaves us free to obey happily. St. Gregory the Great tells us, So long as we yield humbly to the voice of another, we overcome ourselves in our hearts. We overcome our own selfishness and break its enslaving bonds. In apostolate, obedience is indispensable. All the effort, the human means, the mortifications we put into it is otherwise worthless. In God's eyes, it will all be useless without obedience. A whole life energetically dedicated to a human task would be fruitless if we did not count on God's help. Even our most resounding successes will be ultimately valueless if we lack in their execution the desire to accomplish God's will. St. John Chrysostom tells us, God does not need our deeds, but our obedience. Part 3. Carrying out God's will when it hurts or becomes apparently thankless or difficult. God's will is also shown in those things He allows to happen that do not turn out as we had hoped. They are often even directly opposed to our wishes or apparently at variance with what we have perhaps prayed for fervently and perseveringly. Then it is time to redouble our prayers and fix our eyes more steadily on Jesus Christ. Especially is this true when events make life unusually hard and misfortunes come. Personal illness, material setback or disaster, the death of a loved one, the sufferings of those who are dear to us. Our Lord will unite us with his prayer, not what I will, Father, but as thou wilt, not my will, but thine be done. 
He even wants to share with us at times all the sorrow that comes from injustice and lack of understanding. But he also taught us to obey unto death, even death on a cross. If we are sometimes made to suffer greatly, God will not be offended by our tears. But we must say at once, Father, thy will be done. There can be moments in life when heavy blows fall on us, accompanied perhaps by darkness and deeply felt anguish and grief, times when God's will is so difficult to accept that we are tempted to discouragement. The sight of our Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane will show us how to react. We must embrace God's will unconditionally and without limits of any kind while we persevere in prayer. Throughout life, there will often be times when we will necessarily have to act in complete conformity with the will of God our Father. It is precisely then that in our personal prayer we will say within ourselves, as St. Jose Maria tells us, Is it what you want, Lord? Then it's what I want, too. And there will come peace and tranquility to our soul and to our surroundings. Faith will make us see a higher wisdom behind the screen of each occurrence. In the words of Blessed Alberto del Portillo, God knows better. We men have little understanding of how his fatherly and gentle care leads us towards him. Jesus Christ will relieve us of all our burdens, and they will be made holy. There is a providence behind every happening. Whether we see it or not, everything is arranged and disposed to serve for the salvation of everyone in the best way possible. Yes, absolutely everything, whether it occurs in the general course of the world's events or in the little everyday universe of our job or occupation or family. Everything that happens can and ought to help us to encounter God and thus to find peace and serenity of soul. For as we hear in Scripture, in everything God works for good with those who love Him. The accomplishment of God's will is the true source of tranquility and peace. The saints have left us an example of an unconditional fulfillment of the divine will. St. John Chrysostom expresses it thus, On each occasion I say, Lord, thy will be done. It's not what this or that one wants, but what you want me to do. This is my fortress. This is my firm rock. This is my sure support. Let us finish our prayer by asking in unison with the Church, O God, Eternal Majesty, whose ineffable word the Immaculate Virgin received through the message of an angel, and so became the dwelling place of divinity, filled with the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant, we pray, that by her example we may in humility hold fast to your will. In Conversation with God is based on a seven-book series of the same name. It is produced by Relevant Radio in an exclusive partnership with Scepter Publishers. For more information or to order your own copy of the book, log on to scepterpublishers.org. Scepter is spelled S-C-E-P-T-E-R. 
That's scepterpublishers.org. This podcast is protected under U.S. copyright laws and is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. To donate, click the Give button on this app right now or visit relevantradio.com. Be sure to join us again tomorrow as we continue the conversation.